0: All right, here we go. Count me down. Ten. Nah, nah. Oh my God. Hello, and welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Aaron Green.
1: I am Michael Gray.
0: Michael Gray has a sense of humor today.
1: I have a sense of humor every day. <laughs> a great you. one.
0: <laughs> if You don't believe him, just ask him, folks. Yeah,
1: I will tell you. I'll set you straight.
0: <laughs> you know, we asked people last episode if they watched the YouTube channel and, and we had one respondent say that she hasn't, but she's interested. She feels like maybe she's missing out. And I'm sitting here going, well, if people could see what I see when I'm, when I'm counting down or speaking or getting ready to speak, and I've got facial expressions and I've got like this cheeky grin, like you've got something up your sleeve. I'm offended. No, you're not. I have no idea what you're talking about. probably (laughs) flattered. That's fine. Right? Right? Oh, you noticed. I know. (laughs) I've been noticing for over a year now,
1: 60, what was this two, 62 episodes? I think it is 62,
0: isn't it? Yay.
1: We're closing in on a hundred. We're not closing in on a hundred, but well, each episode is one step closer.
0: Yeah. And thank you all for hanging with us for so long. Yeah. If you're still here and you haven't uh, given up on us yet, (laughs) (laughs) because
1: Michael says, (laughs) too many stupid things yeah 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 for real yeah 62 that's man it's kind of crazy i still have a hard time wrapping my head around a year sometimes it's like Mm -hmm. man that's a long time
0: well it it was in sort of a black hole time warp twisted you know year so i would see how that would be confusing
1: yeah yeah so how are Um, you
0: I am doing well. You're good. I'm yeah. I have a pretty mellow work week. Um, we closed on our house on Friday.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hooray!
0: Congratulations. And yeah, thanks. We'll move at the end of August, so we have some time to okay. pack and transition and all of that stuff. So that's good that we don't feel the pressure to like hurry up and do it all at once. Yeah.
1: And moving um, in town is nice too. Uh, yeah. Like, because it's not like you have to, you know, pack everything so incredibly well. Yeah. yeah, that's nice.
0: No, I see. We're like a mile and a half from where we are now, and so I see myself making a few runs just with carloads of boxes. Like the kitchen is the one thing that I want up and running, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I'll probably just take like some tubs full of like dishes and, you know, food and whatever over to the new place when mm-hmm. we move and just kind of get that sort of yeah settled in. So, yeah,
1: so I think kitchen and living room, you have a place to cook and stuff and you have a place to relax.
0: Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. 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 Cool. So, cool. so yeah, that's our, that's Super our news. Exciting. Nothing, uh, nothing else. The Olympics. I'm completely obsessed with the Olympics. Every night is swimming. And I've been watching gymnastics when I can. Um, and of course the big story there is Simone Biles. And Mm -hmm. I just have to say, uh, one of my friends, Karen, actually, who listens to the podcast, um, posted on her Instagram story, Simone Biles is the goat of mental health. And I'm like, Oh, that's so beautiful. Right. Because she, she is the goat. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's such an amazing athlete, but just this renewed, um, attention to mental health and her brave and very mature and just this self-awareness that she has of saying, like, I'm going to pass on this. What everybody would say is my moment. Yeah because I have a different moment that I need to be in and take care of myself is just profound. And this is something I've wanted to talk about on the podcast for a while, and perhaps we'll maybe have guests or something in for this discussion, but I really want to talk about that middle-ish concept that comes in with self-compassion and you know mental health and self-care mm. with hype, high- performance standards, specifically of athletes, but Mm -hmm. also of, you know, business owners and, you know, high achievers, because there, there has to be middle ground there.
1: Yeah. Well, I think so often the, I mean, it's like, we dismiss, we dismiss mental health. We dismiss emotional health in the name of quote unquote physical health, right? Like just don't care about how this affects you or your life or your relationship with you or your food or you know whatever just lose weight get smaller you know that kind of stuff and if there's no push on just do your thing yeah Yeah. there's no care for is is this like is this actually making you healthier Mm -hmm. you know like is this making you a healthier person it's Mm -hmm. it's a and I think I think we both are, are real passionate about that but I think it's also becoming a lot more commonplace well not a lot more commonplace I think it's beginning to come a little bit more commonplace that, hey, this stuff matters too. It's not mm-hmm. just about, you know, move the needle on the scale and, you know, eat less, move more. It's about, um, like, you no, know, let's, how is this really impacting you? And let's look at total, you know, health in all yeah. ways. Yeah.
0: And, and when you set your mind on a goal, whether that goal be an Olympic gold medal or whether that goal is running a 5K or whether that goal is losing 10 pounds or whatever it is, to, not be afraid to reevaluate that goal and how it's serving you and how your Mm -hmm. pursuit of that goal is impacting other areas of your life. And I think this is, you know, one of the really important topics to talk about with, especially like the high achievers, you know, the athletes, the CEOs, the whatever to acknowledge that there's a trade-off for all of this success and that pursuit, you know, Mm -hmm. and To be realistic on what this is doing. And not only that, but Simone acknowledged that she was concerned about how her performance was going to impact the team, Mm -hmm. which to me was a very mature leadership move to say like, look, I'm not on form right now. And this could cost us a medal if I continue to do it this way. I know that I, you know, she, I mean, to have that wherewithal and that humility to say, I am not on point and someone else needs to step up and do this because I trust my team and I want you guys to succeed. That's just amazing. And I think people are too often afraid to relinquish some of that and say, you know what, this is actually right. a better move for me. So right. anyway, yeah, I think that's a, that would be a cool topic to dig into a little bit more. Yeah.
1: I think we should do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we got another, we got another suggestion for a topic. Um, from a listener. So we, yeah. yeah, we take those seriously, send them, you know, send them to us on Instagram or mm-hmm. you can, you know, if you're friends with us personally, send them there, you can send it, you know, uh, middleish at gmail.com. Um, yeah, because we, we have our ideas of what are good topics, but I'm sure you guys do too. And we'd love to yeah. tackle those things. Yeah, I think
0: that one was, um, weight loss and menopause, weight management and menopause. Is yeah, that the, the topic as, as suggestion? Age, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. So a very important topic. And Mm -hmm. as we see women staying active and wanting to, you know, realize athletic success and health in later ages and knowing that menopause is inevitable and you, Mm -hmm. you can't halt it, you know, you might be able to slow it down. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that that's a really important topic. And a lot of our listeners could probably, you know, even if you're not there yet, I'm not there yet, but it's coming either. (laughs) <laughs> I'm but closing you in do, on it. <laughs> you have women in your life <laughs> that I do. you need to, <laughs> <I do. laughs> that you probably need to be aware of some of these things. Yes. And especially like if you're working with yeah. women in that age group, you know, so yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, But I, I don't think, I, I don't think you'll encounter that anytime soon.
1: I don't think yourself. so. You know, you never know, but I don't think so. Probably safe.
0: <laughs> maybe they could, you know, maybe they could invent. You know how they have the pregnancy suits that dads can wear that mimics like what it feels like maybe to have Mm -hmm. like the baby and the breasts and the, like the weight and how you can't like bend over like normally entire shoes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe they could invent some kind of a menopause chamber for men. Where we stick you in there and you get hot flashes and you can't sleep and you feel like maybe you're losing control of your emotions sometimes and you have brain fog. Doesn't that sound the youth sign up for that? Yeah, I do that. Yeah, sounds like a good weekend. (laughs) Weekend. (laughs) Never mind that menopause lasts years, but okay. Carried away. As long as there's whiskey waiting for you on the other side, you'd yep. you'd do that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll sweat for whiskey. That's that's we'll a, sweat for whiskey. <laughs> that's gonna be a t-shirt.
1: Yeah, okay. Before we dive in, we're yes. gonna do this real quick. Let's uh let's just say this: hey, you know, share the podcast, post it on your wall, send a link to a friend. You can support us, link below, listener support, you know. Uh, Sponsor us, you know, just personally for a very low rate per month. Um, Also, if you'd like to sponsor us on a regular basis, more long-term for your business or company or product or whatever, um, shoot us an email or a message about that, uh, middleish at gmail.com. We'd love to talk you about that too. Okay. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Wasn't it perfect? You have a radio voice. like.
1: Does that mean like it sounds kind of staticky. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> I meant like you sound very natural. Oh, okay. Like you belong. You, you, you found your calling. I'm glad I belong, here. Got, glad belong, I belong here. here. I know.
1: I'm glad I belong on the podcast. I'm half of. And
0: finally, <laughs> just finally discovered that on episode sixty-two.
1: Finally, I feel All like right. he's supposed to be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are we talking about today, Michael?
1: Macronutrients. Let's talk mm-hmm. about those
0: also known as macros, macros. Also something that you see all over social media and you've probably heard friends talk about, and you've mm-hmm. probably heard your trainer talk about, or your coworker, or you've seen some diet about counting your macros Instagram influencer. I like that. how you said that. <laughs> yeah. You said it in kind of a Valley girl type of way. Bit. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not much credibility behind that. <laughs> Are you yeah. Macros. Yeah. Okay. Macros. That's enough. I that. don't remember when, do you remember when that f- fatty diet, if it fits your macros really took off? I feel like it's been several years. Yeah. I felt like it was um,
1: eight to 10 years ago. Yeah. I was going to say like I the first,
0: early 2010, 12, uh, 13 era. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That
1: kind of like was peaking. That's when it was like, you yeah, know, if it fits your macros and then it feels like it kind of tapered off. And then the last couple of years, just macros mm-hmm. without the, if it fits your, uh, has yeah. really kind of exploded. And it's, <clears throat> I I feel like it, I see it macros as much as anything right now. I mm-hmm. feel like it's one of the more popular, I'll call it a fad diet, popular fad diets out there so. right now. Yeah.
0: I think yeah. so. Yeah. Well, and I think, One of the things I see with macros is I see one of two camps macro counting in that they're really focused on carbohydrate restriction and that uh, Mm -hmm. sort of attention to macros, um, is where it kind of stems from. But then I also get a lot of clients that come to me and say, I was counting my macros for a while. I was doing this and it worked. It was, it worked really well. Quote unquote worked okay, past tense. So what happened? Why are you not doing it now? You know, what, what didn't work? Because Mm -hmm. clearly there's something that did not work if you're no longer doing it. Mm -hmm. And it really comes down to some of the things we talk about, you know, food tracking can be a really helpful tool and I encourage people to do it within, I mean, there's several different contexts of how you can do it. It doesn't always have to be numbers-based. It can simply be keeping a diary about how you eat, your hunger and satiety, how it feels, what you enjoyed about the food, you know, what you might want to change or how your, um, your day or your environment influenced this, this eating. So it doesn't have to be numbers-based. So mm-hmm. I, I want to just put that out there because I think that there could be a helpful um you know influence of macro tracking or calorie tracking for some people. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it can be very intimidating and cumbersome. And as you pointed out when we were kind of talking before we started recording, that if people don't hit their macros perfectly, all of a sudden what yeah. happens? Like the number stress inducing.
1: Mm-hmm. Same, same way like calorie counting can be because if we if we have this sort of like set number of what we're supposed to hit and we don't hit it then there's anxiety and stress about we've effed things up, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you are supposed to get, you know, 132 grams of protein and you're at 129, like, how do I get three more grams of protein and only three more grams of protein and no other, you know, no mm-hmm. fat or no carb. And, and it can just wildly unnecessarily <laughs> induce like, yeah. This, this stress and anxiety around food and further reinforce sort of this kind of negative relationship with it where we're just, we're in a struggle with it. Like it's not, yeah. food's not working for us. We're like kind of enslaved to these numbers, you know? Yeah. Um, and it can, it can really get ugly pretty quick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you find yourself doing these kind of, maybe bizarre things like eating deli slices at 10 PM, because you're like, I got to get a, the extra protein yeah, or maybe just a half a deli whatever. slice, not a whole right, one, because right. that would be too much. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, let's, let's start with macronutrients, Let's start what they are. And do you want me to take that?
1: Um, I don't care. We can so go over them real quick and then kind of deep, di- not deep dive, but dive into each one. I I
0: don't have an actual definition for macronutrient. I mean, my definition would be a, you know, nutrient that provides calories to the body. I mean, very simply put.
1: Yeah. And I think it's uh, a nutrient that we need in larger quantities. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like, essential. It's yeah. essential to life. Yeah. yeah. Where micronutrients so, um, would be
1: like we, d- we need small
0: amounts of that. Smaller them. quantities. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, macronutrients, um, carbohydrates, protein, and fat are the three macronutrients. Pretty simple alcohol?
1: there.
0: Alcohol. Well, hold on is now. It's not
1: essential to life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> alcohol could I don't be considered like where this a is macronutrient. <laughs> it could be considered a macronutrient because right. it does supply calories. Yeah. However, it is not essential to life. No, I'm just no matter how much you might convince yourself of that. Some I want days it to be. <laughs> I need this. Um, yeah, it, it is not counted among the macronutrients because it isn't essential to life. So Herbs, carbohydrates, fat, fats, and protein. Now, I think we've talked about this before. Um, but just to recap, you get calories from each of those macronutrients, mm-hmm. carbohydrates, fat, protein, and alcohol. So four calories per gram for both carbohydrates and protein. Mm -hmm. So that means for every gram of those food substances, your body essentially will get four calories. Now we talked about this in previous episodes, how you know one of us might, we might eat a hundred calories in food and Michael might digest that slightly differently than I do, but this is how for the purposes of macro tracking and calorie counting and all that stuff, this is kind of how it works. These are the assumptions that are made. Okay. So four calories per gram for carbs and protein, nine calories per gram for fat. So you have more than double the calories for, I mean, I tell people like, if you were to have a bite of pure carbohydrate versus a, that same size bite of pure fat, you'd mm-hmm. be getting more than double the calories out of mm-hmm. that. So just remember that bite for bite, you're, you're getting more calories out of something that has a high fat content versus something that has a high protein or carb content. Right. Um, and then for alcohol, seven calories per gram of alcohol. And that also doesn't account for if you have like a, you know, sweet mixed drink, or if you have something with cream in it or something like that. So just keep that in mind, um, with alcohol thing that, uh, you're getting other macronutrients in that, not just the alcohol.
1: And that's, this is a place where quick side track, well, maybe it fits. Um, my first sidetrack of the day uh, (laughs) is that that fat kind of gets a bad rap is that it's people think it's fats are worse to eat because they have a higher calorie content. And it's like, okay, that's one way to look at it. Or you can look at it as it's, it's more energy dense. Like there's Mm -hmm. more bang for your buck, you know, as far as energy goes with fat. And, um, so I do think fat often gets a bad rap because of like, oh, it's so many more calories than, um, you know, carbohydrates or or protein, but at the same time, like you're probably not eating fat in the quantities, you know, that you are, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to have like, I don't know, four handfuls of almonds, but you might have, you know, like a couple of three or four handfuls of broccoli, you know, like, right. Yeah. So,
0: right. Yeah. Yeah, And I think it's important to talk about the role of each of those macronutrients before we talk about why they're kind of distributed the way they are Mm -hmm. in different dietary approaches. So the halo nutrient of all of those is protein, right? I mean, protein is kind of like this, um, put on a pedestal. It's always the star nutrient. You can have more protein, more protein. And I mean, I even encourage people to really get their protein in, Mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons. It's really important for, of course, we know, muscle repair and all tissue repair. I mean, your skin, Mm -hmm. your hair, your fingernails. Um, I remind people that all of the little cells and messengers in your body, Mm -hmm. everything from DNA to RNA to immunity, you know, anything in your immune system, all organs, of that is related bones. to protein. Yeah. Yep. Relies yeah. on protein. So it's huge. And if you're an athlete and you're breaking down your body tissues day after day, because you're working out and you're stressing your body in that sense, you need more protein because your body is not only using that protein to rebuild the broken down tissues, but it's using your protein for all of those other things we just mentioned as well. Right. So protein protein is a big one. Um, I am not entirely sure why it is such a halo nutrient, you know, like why everybody said, Oh, protein, this protein, that I think part of it is that it does contribute to satiety. And so you eating, you know, 20 grams of protein versus 20 grams of carbohydrate, for example, would maybe help you feel more satiated for longer. I also think that just the way our food supply is geared, carbohydrate foods or high fat foods are readily available. Whereas protein foods, maybe take a little more attention and planning and prep and that kind of thing, you know, think about like eggs and chicken breast and fish and beans and all those things, you know, require some kind of prep. So, So that's my thought there.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. I think also there's, um, especially like in the diet fat loss world, um, there's this thermodynamic effect of protein, which means like Mm -hmm. it, it it takes more energy to break it down. It's not a lot. Like it's not like this huge contributing factor where, you know, but, but still it does. And so there's, you know, there's that thing to pitch. And then I think a lot of it probably is just carryover from the bodybuilding world. Yeah, You know, I mean, kind of that golden era of bodybuilding with like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno and those guys Mm -hmm. that was sort of ushering in, uh, strength train on a regular basis to the masses that's mm-hmm. kind of where it started and it was protein 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 yeah. Like get as much as you can um and so i think there was some carryover of like hey this is what they do so maybe this is what i should do kind of thinking yep. but yeah, yeah it definitely i think you're is right the, there yeah the one that gets the most attention
0: mm-hmm. as far yeah. as and- to include yep And keep in mind that just talking about the whole kind of, you know, bodybuilding culture and that whole hit the protein really hard, your, your body can really only effectively use about 30 grams of protein in a single sitting. So this then plays into, okay, you have this number that you're supposed to hit. And we'll talk about that, how, how we get to like, oh, eat this many grams of protein a day. Um, you want to distribute that fairly evenly throughout your day into doses. You don't want to just wait until dinner and have a big old steak or something and get, you know, your 50, 60 grams in that one meal. Um, you definitely want to try and distribute that a little bit more evenly throughout the day. And that's, I mean, we kind of want that with all macronutrients just for balance and satiety. And we'll talk about that too, but specifically for protein, when we do talk about these, you know, altruistic effects of protein and how wonderful it is and Mm -hmm. why you need to eat it. That's one of the things I'll really encourage people to do is let's distribute protein, um, a little more evenly and definitely get protein at breakfast, which is, um, commonly, a, a missing macronutrient at breakfast. You know, people get the cereals and bagels and, you know, whatever toast, unless you're a big egg eater or yogurt eater.
1: Are you trying to tell me that there's not protein in my toaster strudel? Is that what you're trying to tell me?
0: Well, I don't know. Read the label because it comes in a box.
1: <laughs> uh, more work. Seems. I know.
0: There might be a gram in there. You might get one to two grams. Yeah. But if you're aiming that, for 30, frosting. It's yeah, still kind of got a ways to go. Um, you could slather it in peanut butter, I guess, or right. you know, throw a slab of tofu on it. That'd probably be all right. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway.
1: A meat so. strudel. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Didn't we have meat smoothie last, last time? Oh, I think we did talk about that. meat. We got meat smoothie. We got meat strudel. Man, So we're coming out with a a line of protein, high protein foods, (laughs) meat smoothie and meat strudel will be
0: our. Michael is coming out with a line of high protein foods. Aaron is going to sit this one out. (laughs) So then moving on to carbohydrates. All right. Carbohydrates. Very important for energy. We talked about how all of our cells run off of sugar in one form or another and carbohydrates, whether they are complex carbohydrates or simple carbohydrates really go into this, um, stream into your body, this energy stream where they are broken down into sugars, and then they're either stored or used for energy. So, Carbs are of course important for, if we look at like athletes who, especially endurance athletes, anybody who's, um, using a large amount of energy per day, you need carbohydrate for that. Um, but just keep in mind also that your brain runs off of glucose and carbohydrate. So that's a really important piece of this because when people do go on extreme low carb diets, you know with the, like the keto craze we hear things about you get the keto flu mm-hmm. um and that you're there's like a, an adjustment period and that adjustment period is really when your body is going from its reliance on glucose for the brain activity to its reliance on ketones for the mm-hmm. brain activity and where this isn't about the ketogenic diet. So we're not going to get too far into that, but just saying that, um, you know, physiologically speaking, (laughs) Michael's like dying to get into this. Um, so you're basically sort of forcing your body to use a different substance versus relying on what it is meant to rely on, which would be carbohydrates. Now I will also say that carbohydrates has the largest range. And we'll talk about the macronutrient, macronutrient distribution ranges here in a second, but it has like the largest wiggle room because a lot of, because it's used for energy, for physical activity. I mean, obviously we all have different levels of physical activity. And so your carbohydrate, you know, requirements or what feels good to your body or what your body really needs might be different than what my body needs or Michael's body needs or whatever. So, so that's carbs. One more thing about carbs is fiber is considered a carbohydrate. It's just that your body doesn't break it down into calories. We can't use that as calories. But what does fiber do for our bodies?
1: Michael? It shuttles things out. (laughs) It helps you poop. It helps you poop.
0: Come on, you could say that much easier. (laughs) Yes. I'll, it I'll be honest. Things. I had, I had
1: a thought that I was sort of developing a little bit. <laughs> and then I heard you say that and I was like, mm, come back.
0: Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Pop quiz, um, provides fiber bulk to your duty provides. Yep. It helps yeah. you do a good duty. <laughs> Um, it also feeds your gut flora. So way back in one of our previous episodes, we talked about the gut microbiome and gut health fiber is so, so important to feed all those little buggies in your digestive tract. And so we don't use fiber for calories, but your little microbiota uses that fiber to energize itself. So fiber is considered a carbohydrate. It just doesn't yield calories in the diet. So And then fat, or do you have a thought? Go for it. No,
1: I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking, no, go ahead, go do fat and then I'll go.
0: So fat, um, again, used for energy, but at a very slow rate. Mm -hmm. So like a runner- Um, who's working pretty hard um, to the point of maybe not being able to carry on a conversation because they're breathing so hard would not be relying on fat for energy. They'd be relying more on carbohydrate for energy. Whereas if you're walking or you're doing an activity, even just sitting here, recording the podcast with you, my body is primarily using fat for energy. Mm So fat is a really important energy source, especially at rest. And I mean, I know even the most active people have long periods of rest, you know, during their day, whether it's sleeping, whether it's like hanging out, whether it's working, whatever. Yeah. Um, fat's also really important for the nervous system. Um, basically helping your nerves stay nice and coated so they can actually get the messages that they need. Um, just very simple terms there and Helpful for immunity. It's helpful for vitamin and mineral absorption, um, protects your organs, it's good for reducing inflammation, especially different kinds of fats. You know, we hear a lot about omega-3s mm-hmm. and different plant-based fats. Um, so yeah, fat is another really important one. And then maybe one of the most important things is it adds a lot of flavor mm-hmm. and texture and mouthfeel to foods. So it makes foods really yummy.
1: Real yummy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I, see, I, I I don't know what's wrong with me today.
0: I don't know what's wrong Maybe, with you either. Maybe am I going into
1: ketosis? <laughs> like, am I going through the keto flu right now and the brain fog? I like keep having these thoughts. Or menopause. Just
0: like, One of those two. Oh,
1: that's what it is. It's menopause. Yeah, I know I had a thought on this and it it just man, everything's falling. It'll come head.
0: back. Your thoughts always come back.
1: Yeah, I guess they do. It was about yeah. fat. And I don't remember what it was now. But uh yeah, so I mean it so if we take like that the most yummiest steaks you can find, what are they riddled with? They're marbled with fat, right? Like if you want a Mm -hmm. good steak, you got to get a steak with some good fat Mm -hmm. on it. And it also helps you feel full too, you know? Yeah. um, yeah. Um, God, man, this is driving me crazy. And think about-
0: Also think about like a grilled cheese sandwich, you know, like that fat that you put on the bread before you grill it, that's what yields that crispy texture and um, fat in something like yogurt makes it more creamy mouthfeel. There's a lot of different things that go on with, with having fat in food. Um, but yes, fat is the, the last thing to leave the digestive tract when you're, when you're, or to leave the stomach, I should say when you're digesting. And so it does contribute to longer lasting satiety. So when we look back at like the eighties, low fat craze, Mm -hmm. you know, that was one of the issues was people just were not satisfied. You know, they could eat all these high sugar foods, but they wouldn't last very long. So,
1: so we can see that with like macronutrients, they all, they all have a place. Right, like carbohydrates are the body's preferred source of energy, preferred. It really likes it, okay? And it really likes it for a reason. So eat some freaking carbs. Okay, protein and fat, really they're essential, right? Like we need to have them to have healthy bodies. So if we can move forward in this conversation, just with the understanding that having a healthy amount of all of these is really how we maximize our potential. We, you know, we live our healthiest lives and that kind of stuff. So we're not gonna we're not gonna entertain any more ideas of, of limiting or reducing the of these because that's silliness. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. That's now that's All gone. Right. <laughs> no, that's gone. <laughs> um so- do we wanna well let's let's do this. So, you know, we talk a lot about, I think we we typically have an idea in our heads, most of us, of what a protein is, what a carb is, what a fat is, like what kind of uh, foods those are. Fats can be a little bit trickier for people. I think most people, you know, are able to identify a decent amount of carbs and protein, right? They know protein's meat. Um, They know that carbs are uh, grains and that fruits and maybe vegetables. I think sometimes people don't understand that, but they know that they're grains and fruit because of the devil, right? So everybody (laughs) knows that one. Um, Yep. And then fats, I think some people have a little bit harder time with, but you know, like oils and that kind of stuff, Um, nuts, uh, olives, avocados, whatever. But here's the thing is that most of the foods that we eat are not just a single macronutrient, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you eat a really good steak, that's a decent amount of fat in there. Mm -hmm. If you eat a piece of bread, this carb, there's there's protein in there, Mm -hmm. right? and if we look at like these demonized carbs you know like donuts and ice cream and you know what else right. they have a ton of a ton of fat which is why they're so freaking good right. so when we when we look at like macronutrients particularly in like this the the diet of uh, you know following a macro diet it gets real funky real quick because foods don't fit cleanly most foods don't fit cleanly into these uh, macronutrient. Labels, right? Like mm-hmm. most foods aren't going to be strictly a carb or protein or a fat. They're going to be a combination of them, and so right out the gate, we're kind of getting a little murky with things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think in some ways that can be helpful in people learning what's in their food mm-hmm. and what contributes mm-hmm. to their diet. You know, so so we can talk about like what kinds of nutrients are in these foods, how they help you feel fuller, or how they maybe don't satisfy very well, or the mouth the enjoyment mm-hmm. factor of food at the same time, I mean, learning those kinds of things, you don't have to count macronutrients to learn those kinds of things about nutrition and the foods you eat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of this, this trade-off, like I can see the virtue in learning about what's in your food and how it adds up throughout the day. And for a lot of people, it's very enlightening to Mm -hmm. see that like, oh, wow, I ate this thing that I thought was, you know, a, I don't know, just a carbohydrate source or just a protein source, but it actually has this kind of stuff too. So, um, let's talk about the AMDR, which is acceptable macronutrient distribution ranges. That's what AMDR stands for. And it is basically, um, man, I don't know if it's from the CDC or the office of disease prevention and health promotion is what I'm looking at. It's basically, um, you know, the, governing bodies of nutrition and health have said, these are the acceptable macronutrient distribution ranges Mm -hmm. as a percentage of calories. So for protein, 10 to 30% of all calories should fall in you know, under protein. So if you're following a 2000 calorie diet, um, 10% of those calories, 10 to 30% of those calories should fall under protein. And there's Mm. some math involved there. So you'd have to, you know, 10% of 2000, what's that 200 calories. And then you divide by four and you get 50 grams of protein. So that would be on the low end. If you're eating 2000 calories, you're going for 10%, it would be 50 grams of protein. Um, and then all the way up to 30%. Okay. And then carbohydrates, 45 to 65% of total calories. Again, pretty big range there. Yeah. And you can go the devil. I know, I know. And I've even seen up to 80% depending on, I mean, for some athletes and some, um, just those people that are burning a ton of carbohydrates and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, working their bodies really hard could be higher. Mm -hmm. Um, and then total um, fat percentage, 25 to 35%. So the interesting part to me is that the AMDR suggests that protein could dip quite low and still be in an acceptable range. Whereas fat, you don't want to go below 25% of total calories. Um, I take a little bit of issue with this because I do you think that some of the recommendations for protein for adults are outdated and need to be revisited in terms of that whole 0.8 grams per kilo and all that stuff? Um, I will usually start somebody around like a 20% range for protein. And then it's like a puzzle, right? Because if you have 20% of calories from protein and then you do 50% of calories from carbs, that's 70% of your calories. So then you'd be 30% fat. Okay. That fits in the distribution ranges. But if you do 30% protein and you do 60% carbs, you're up to 90% you only have 10% left for fat. What does that do to satiety? What does that do to health? What does that do to the person's weight or physique or all these Mm -hmm. different things? So you can start seeing how putting these percentages together is like a puzzle and Mm -hmm. you have to kind of balance, you know, some with others. Um, I would say, I only use this the way I use this. There's a lot of different ways to use the AMDR. I generally will start with protein. I'll look at grams of protein per kilo or per pound of body weight and go from there. And I'll also look at that percentage of total calories, you know, do a lot of calculations And then I look at what's the activity level of that individual. How many carbs are they typically eating? Usually if I'm doing a numbers-based approach with somebody, I will have that information in front of me so I can look already at their distribution and say, oh, you know, they seem to settle on well with like 55% of calories coming from carbs. Let's keep it there if that's appropriate for their activity level. And then let's work in fat and see where that leaves us. And there's always a range in grams. Whenever I give anybody those numbers, there is always a range because it is not precise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It is not Mm -hmm. just like a single number that says, this is what your, you know, what your body needs. Um, and every day is a little different. You know, one day you might have a more active day than another, you know, Mm -hmm. another day, your body might demand more protein because of whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's how the AMDR works. Um, there, there is research behind this. So it's not that macro counting or macro tracking is totally like off the hinges right. and and faddish there is research here. Um, but we'll get into some of the, the flaws in some, some of these restrictions too.
1: So when you are, when you're looking at like ranges for a client, are there, mm-hmm. are there typically like percentages you kind of start with? Or does that depend on um, their, their level of activity, intensity, that kind of stuff. Uh, talk us through that. Yeah, a little bit.
0: exactly. Right. I, I will start with, again, the calculation of estimated energy needs based on their activity level, their age, their weight, you know, goals or, mm-hmm. or desires, desired body composition, all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, come out with a range of calories. And then I will start with protein calculation, because we know that having a minimum amount of protein is important for maintaining lean body mass. And of course, if they're an athlete and that kind of thing, I want to make sure that we get that protein component Mm. in because the other macronutrients have a little more wiggle room. Um, I will probably start with, I don't, I mean, yeah, 20% ish Protein um, is probably a decent place to start, but I will actually start with like the grams per kilo or okay. um, grams per pound of body weight and calculate that out. And then I figure out what percentage of total calories does that fall into, you know, ballpark. Right. And then I start puzzling together the other macronutrients based on their activity level. And again, looking back at what their food log tells me of what they're already eating, you know what has this person, um, adopted as a pretty decent eating pattern. Now, if their eating pattern is completely skewed where it's devoid of protein, it's really high fat. And maybe there's a little carbohydrate, which I've seen that before, where it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, their macros are like totally wonky. And my concern there isn't like, Oh, you're getting too much of this. It's more like, well, you're sacrificing you know protein or you're sacrificing right. carbohydrates or you're sacrificing fiber and fruits and vegetables in order to, you know, mm-hmm. because your macros are so high in this area. So how can mm-hmm. we balance that back out a little better? Yeah. Um which is I think one of the flaws of having just a canned shoebox macronutrient diet is you don't get keen yeah. eyes on diet quality when you're looking at that. So I don't know. And I actually, did I tell you that I signed up for if it fits your macros this morning, tell us about that (laughs) experience. I, well, so I'm familiar with this diet because I talked to so many people and I've, you know, of course it's Mm -hmm. a fad. And so I saw it come out and it doesn't. So it gives you this free macronutrient, um, calculator. You can put in all your information and it asks you questions like how active is your job? Um, how active, how many times do you lift weights in a week and for what duration and how many times do you do cardio in a week and for what duration? And it asks all these things. Um, do you want to lose the weight slow and steady? Do you want to maintain weight? Do you want to have, it has like, you can choose fast and furious or something like that. You can, you can use like these really off your body. crazy. Yeah. Like <laughs> volatile weight loss kind of stuff. <laughs> and so it asks you all these things as you put in like your height and weight and your desired weight. So this was hit number one against these guys is I have no desire to lose weight. I put in my height, and my current weight. And I was like, well, what's it going to let me say I could lose weight down to? And I went all the way down to 90 pounds, which for my height would be underweight severely. Um, so yeah, it let me do it. And it gave Mm. me a plan, quote, a plan to do that. And so that was for me, that was like hit number one. Okay.
1: A dietitian
0: or somebody who is, you know, well-qualified in nutrition counseling would, big red flag talk to you about Mm -hmm. that weight goal, but these things that you just, you know, spits numbers out at you is it's just a calculator. Like it, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, Have that critical thinking component.
1: (laughs) Well, let's be honest. A lot of coaches don't either.
0: It's fair. Yeah.
1: So (laughs) I don't know if I've said this on, on the show before, if I've told you, but have I, have I told you about the origins of if it fits your macros? (laughs) <laughs> no, but I
0: would love to hear them.
1: Okay. So early, well, probably late, late nineties, early two thousands, I guess, like when forums were a big thing on the internet, right? Mm. There was uh, bodybuilding forums on bodybuilding.com. And I, I heard the story from the two guys that kind of originated the, if it fits your macros saying, so yeah. it was people talking about macronutrient splints and how much, you know, cause bodybuilders are big into how many grams of protein and carbs particularly mm-hmm. um, they're getting. And it kind of became this, this joke of, hey man, eat whatever you want as long as it fits your macros. If it fits your macros, mm-hmm. you're good. Like this sarcastic kind of thing that turned into <laughs> this yeah. like, quote unquote, legitimate like diet. And it was just yep. like a smart ass response of like, yeah, man, eat pizza and ice can fit your macros. You're good. You're going to be fine. And it, it turned into this whole other thing. And so just the whole origins uh, not macro, not tracking macronutrients, but the concept of if it fits your macros was like a joke. And right. And like, then it became a thing. And it became a thing. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, can speak to the, the high quality of a lot of fat <clears throat> diets. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And that's, you know, it's not that macro counting. And I said this earlier, it's not that macro counting doesn't have value. And right. I mean, you can learn a lot about mm-hmm. nutrition, by counting macros and learning what's in your food and how things add up and how they make you feel and all that stuff. But, um, it says nothing about diet quality Mm -hmm. and looking at what, so the numbers I was given, I was given, it calculated my, my BMR. Okay. So basal metabolic rate looks pretty reasonable. Those are not hard to calculate. So I'm not Mm -hmm. surprised. It calculated my total daily energy expenditure which looks pretty reasonable. And then it calculates my weight loss calories, um, which is around 400 calories less than my total daily energy expenditure. Um, and to me, that would be quite a significant reduction. I think I would probably feel that if I were to do this, which I have no intention of doing this. You're supposed to feel it.
1: It's hardcore, Aaron. (laughs) Come on. Weight loss is war. No pain, no gain.
0: (sighs) Yeah. So looking at the macronutrient distribution, it gave me 28% protein, 22% fat and 49% carbohydrate. So yes, it falls into the macronutrient distribution ranges. Um, I would say given what I had put in for my activity level, I would think it's a little low in carbohydrate for what I typically eat and for what my, you know, daily life requires. Um, it also says 14 to 18 grams of carbs should be fiber. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, because the recommendation for fiber is over 25 grams a day. So, okay. Like, I mean, I don't know, that was another, for me, that was another like black eye of this plan that, Then it's setting me up, even though it could easily say you need to get 25 grams of fiber. Um, instead yeah. it says 14 to 18, which is kind of bizarre. Yeah. Well, um, it also encouraged oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I thought you were done. Sorry, go ahead. No, it encourages me to take my before photos. Of course, which I know you have an opinion about that. <laughs> I do. Yes. And it tells me I'm gonna start burning fat today. It says it has meal plans and a training program It has a bunch of before and after photos in this email it sent me. And I'm really curious about the meal plans and, and programs. Um, I've already gotten another email from them, which I have not opened. So I don't know what that says, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm curious what the meal plans look like because one of the, and you just pointed this out when you talked about the origin of if it fits your macros, one of the downsides is the diet quality. You know, what, Mm -hmm. how do we know if you're getting the micronutrients you need Mm -hmm. and the vitamins and minerals, if you're getting enough fiber, if you're getting phytonutrients, if the food is even satisfying for you, you know, how does all that fit into this? Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and then it's funny. It's like, start burning fat today. It's like, you're already burning fat. Know, we're, we're both burning fat sitting here recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. I actually remember what I was going to say earlier and I don't want to get into it now, but it was about the whole fat burning zone myth thing that sometime I'll, I'll go off on. Um, but
0: <laughs> keep that chambered for next time. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'll keep it. Yeah. keep it in the chamber, but yeah, I mean, we, you're already, you're already doing it. And here, so here's the interesting thing. And we've talked about this before. I don't, I don't remember if it was a specific episode that we kind of addressed this, but maybe it was metabolism, but so let's say, let's say for you, right. For Erin, let's say she's supposed to get a 144 grams of protein whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Okay. Let's say they say that. Well, first of all, like nutrition labels are allowed up to like, is it 20% air on, on Something, their nutrition yeah. facts?
0: I don't, which is I wanted huge. to say 10, but it, but 20 would be huge. I think it's 10% error, but still that, okay, that adds up
1: and let's do some easier numbers. Let's say it says a hundred grams of protein. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say, let's say Aaron nails hundred grams of protein right on her tracker or whatever. Well, if there's, we'll just do 10% error. That might mean there's only 90 or there's 110. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. could mean either one of those or anywhere in between. And then we factor in, that Erin is unique, right? You're just a little Aww, snowflake. Aaron. Snowflake, thanks. <laughs> so unique. But that her body is going to, like we've talked about, metabolize everything differently. So it could be even below 90 or above 110, right? It just, it just depends. Right. So much. And and so when we have these hard and fast, like not ranges but like markers of like 144 you know 113 or 76 whatever it is it it makes zero sense (laughs) like (laughs) it makes zero sense to to one to try to hit that exactly or even if we're talking about total calorie count right this is one of the big flaws with calorie counting is if you're you know trying to get 1800 calories you may think you're 1800 calories it may be 1,600, it may be 21, like who knows, right? right? Like your right. body does, but nobody else does. And mm-hmm. so when we get like these really hard and fast specific uh, markers that we're trying to hit, it's really important to know you aren't hitting them like yeah. at all. It's maybe kind of close, estimates only. but mm-hmm. you're not. And so to have any kind of like stress or anxiety about not being specific with something is Like it's, it's literally a a massive waste of your time and energy because Mm -hmm. you're never going to be at a specific place because we can't calculate stuff in that way. You know, we just, we're just unable to.
0: Well, and that was one of the other things that was disappointing to me in receiving this, you know, these numbers is it doesn't give me a range. Mm -hmm. And I always, always, always provide a range if I am going to calculate anything or I shouldn't I should say estimate anything for, for anyone in terms of macros or calories, because the range, as you're pointing out so eloquently, your body does different things every day. And I know, look at you. Good job. Thanks for noticing. Um, gold star for the day, Michael.
1: Yes. I haven't got one of those in a
0: while. (laughs) Your body does different things every day. Um, the numbers are estimates only, and yes, they can be helpful. I've referred to them kind of as guardrails in the past, you know, they can be helpful for you to, you know, maybe balance out your, your meals and snacks a little more. Maybe you are skewed one direction in a really heavy, you know, heavy in one macronutrient, and you need to find a way to kind of bring back this, you know, balance that, that the other way, um, swing the pendulum the other way. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. So yes, it can be helpful. Um, I think, it's even more helpful if you have a human being behind it, who is Mm -hmm. guiding you and helping to educate you on Mm -hmm. foods and choices and how this all works. Um, and to not be afraid of certain foods. Like if you adopt a macro plan and all of a sudden you're seeing that like, oh, I'm too high in this all the time, what's going on. Having someone sit down and look at your you know, dietary pattern with a critical eye and say, oh, well, here are the sources of that. And they're actually very nutritious sources. So we don't need to worry about this so much. You know, if this is how your macros play out, you can try and adjust that if you want to through your food choices and Mm -hmm. see how that works and be honest, if it works for you or not, because a lot of people really try and adopt these, these, um, very specific macronutrient, um, guidelines and they just get burned out on it because they're Mm -hmm. like, I can't, you know, I really miss eating this or I can't make room for this because I want this. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to eat, you know, the grapes with my lunch because I want to have ice cream later. And so then you start making swaps like that. And all of a sudden we see that, Oh, well, your diet quality is suffering because you feel like you can't be, you know, flexible and and free with food. So, yeah.
1: Well, and then I think, you know, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, like you got to be your own advocate. I mean, it, you know, an app is, is definitely not going to do this well. But even even you know, a a live human being, like you might you might feel better or feel like you function better with higher carbs. You might feel like you function better with higher fat. Like you know, you're going to know your own body best, and we're not all the same. And we all have, you know, different ways that we, we function preferences and that kind of stuff. And so just because, you know, you sign up with an app and it's like, you know, whatever, 37% this, well, that doesn't mean that's, what's best for you. That's a machine talking to a living organism. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's not going to work out that way. So be your own advocate. And I think this is where it is important to, to be curious and, and to not have so much pressure in getting it right the first time, because you're not going to get it right the first time. And even if you do get it right, well, getting it right is probably going to look different in a month or two or six, right? Like, mm-hmm. so just to be curious and to explore and what do I like, what, what do, how do I feel best? Because, you know, these hard and fast rules and these hard and fast markers are probably not going to be accurate for you. There's a really good chance. I mean, mm-hmm. a very good chance that, that what a nap or, or someone decides for you may not be where you feel best. And so it's important right. to, to be curious and to speak up for yourself and be your own advocate.
0: Good. Yeah. Yep.
1: All right. Is okay. That the end? <laughs> was that the I end? I think
0: that's the end. All right. I don't, we, you, you didn't really get on a rant, but we can get on a rant later when,
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: when, what was the thing you wanted to rant about the fat, uh, the fat burning, burning thing. Yeah. We'll know. talk about that another yeah, time. We'll. We
1: will. We should do like some, uh like fitness, nutrition, lies, because that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe lies isn't the right. Uh, twisting of truths. There's a better title half out there. Half truths. But or something. Half truth. Half truth mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah.
0: I think we should just title that Michael's Rants. <laughs> Michael's Rants. We should do like a, you know, semi-annual recording where michael just gets to like madman i mean aaron can rant too y'all so don't yeah. <laughs> i can i can get on some rants mm-hmm. um but yeah we can yeah. we could talk about that um <laughs> a
1: rants episode A
0: rants, rants what,
1: uh episode. what was it in family guy was it he did a the series uh this grinds my gears is <laughs> that what it was i you know what watched... really grinds my gears
0: I've never really watched The Family Guy, and I feel badly because one of my good friends' husbands writes for The Family Guy. Oh, really? I yeah, and he'll share like yeah, he'll share. I wrote tonight's episode; you should watch it. And I always tell Matt like we should watch Artie with the episode. And then I never do. I'm so sorry, Carly, if you're listening. You are a bad friend. I I'll get on that. I (laughs) will remedy this real quick. I said that. I don't mean that. You're a great friend. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Um, meaning in the mundane, I have two and I couldn't decide which one to share. Um, well,
1: Aaron's being because extra today. It's really
0: good. Uh, well, I have well, three, so, <laughs> so I'll make this really quick. Matt and I went camping. As soon as we closed on our house, we packed mm-hmm. up the pickup and took off and we went mm-hmm. camping and we ended up not camping where we thought we were going to, but we found this little reservoir kind of off the beaten path and we just set up camp. And no cell service, of course, which was kind mm-hmm. of my dream. Like I would just wanted to get off the grid. Right. And so we're sitting there at camp that evening and we ended up watching this osprey trying to catch a fish. It's evening dinner. Oh, that's awesome. Like for an hour, just watching it try over and over. No, it's probably longer than that. We're just passing the binoculars back and forth. Oh, there it goes, That's you know, getting really all excited. Awesome. Oh, come on, come on. I wonder if it's a he or a she, can we look that up? No, we can't because we don't have cell service. So then we're talking about, we need to get a guidebook that talks about birds. And so we can identify and da da da. And then we watched like this mom and baby oh, ducks fuck. go across and they're eating all the bugs and we had the binoculars. So we could, it just was really, really fun Heck and yeah. cheap entertainment. And we're I just bet. sitting there for hours watching this osprey dive down and then it would go back up in the tree and it would watch again. So that that's was number one, awesome. which was super fun because yeah. we're, we're like, how did we know that we'd be entertained by watching this bird of prey for like an hour and a half or whatever?
1: I'll be honest. I've, I've been known to every now and then spend a good 10 minutes, like watching ants, like moving, like, you know, <laughs> like a worm or something like,
0: Oh, nature's so awesome. I think that's actually so, really cool to watch. It's ants amazing. Yeah. Like the way they they're coordinate. so tiny and yeah. they're like so strong. Amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> Number two. And then the other one, the other one was this morning I went for a bike ride and it was a structured workout and I just was really not into it. And I kept thinking to myself, like, man, I wish I could just go out for like a leisurely ride and just kind of chill and cruise. Well, I ended up because I'm you know, able to do this. I ended up just putting my brain into that space of like, get the workout done, like just execute it and do it. Um, which ended up feeling good. And on the way home, I had my leisurely, like I have the seek app on my phone so I can stop and take pictures of Mm. all the different like flowers and plants that I see and identify them, which I'm a total nerd, but I totally get a kick out of that. And I love it. And I picked some blackberries on the way home. So I'm sitting by the trail, just eating blackberries. And I just had like that moment after, you know, the moment that I really needed on the bike and just being outside and doing these like nerdy, relaxing, leisurely things, um, after my workout. So that was my other one.
1: Nice. I like both those a lot. Those are rad.
0: Yeah. It was worth sharing both. Right.
1: Yeah. For real. Yeah. Um, okay. So for me, um, this was three or four days ago. So Sophie, she winds up in our bed a lot at some point in the night, (laughs) save your judgments, people. I know we'll figure it out. She won't be doing it when she's 18. It's not going to be an issue, but she winds up in our bed a lot. And usually she, you know, she's kind of like awake for the day about six 6 45. And she'll like go out and, you know, watch cartoons or something for a little bit. But this morning, um, she was kind of like, I could, I could feel that she was close to me. Right. And I was kind of starting to wake up and kind of laying on my left side, facing her and then Kathleen. Cause she's always right in the middle of us. Um, and I, I opened my eyes to see her big, beautiful yeah. dark Brown eyes just staring at me and I'm just barely open my eyes. And she just <laughs> giggles. I hear this. little <laughs> I love you, daddy.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah,
1: geez. Yes, I love you too, baby. And then she gives me like a little kiss on the nose and just kind of giggles. And it was just like, oh this. my gosh, I've been
0: waiting for you.
1: And I'm so excited you're awake now because I just wanted to tell you, because <laughs>
0: I can you. tell you
1: and that was the way my day started. And it was, wow.
0: Like, Does it get better than that?
1: No, it doesn't. How it, sweet. Was, oh, it was just the best, just the cutest, sweetest, best way to start a day. Yep. It's right (laughs) out the gate. Just
0: amazing. You're like, yeah, okay. Well, my day just like, it's all downhill from here. I know I guess it's going to be shit after this.
1: And then, you know, we were just trying to like talk quietly, but she, she gets in these moods every now and then where she's just like, so happy. She just like, yeah giggle she can't contain yeah. it all she was just giggling and we were just talking and it was oh my just, gosh yeah, it was the best
0: oh that's sweet i love yep. it me too oh sophie thanks for the good start to dad's day <laughs> yeah all right all right well, thank you so much for listening i mm-hmm. hope this was informative and if you have tried macro counting or if you have i don't know a different insight or opinion please share it with us we're happy to hear it have a chat with you well, thanks y'all. We Have appreciate the support.
1: Bye.